Hi, I'm Justine. And I'm Sarah LaVon. And we are so glad you're here. We believe that your life has the potential to make a deep, meaningful impact on the world around you. You, as a nurse, have the ability to add value to every single person and patient you touch. We want to inspire you with resources, education, and stories to support you to live your absolute best life, both in and outside of work. But don't expect perfection over here. We're just here to have some conversations about anything birth, work, and life, trying to add some happy to your hour as we all grow together. By nurses, for nurses, this is Happy Hour with Bundle Birth Nurses. You know what's crazy is that when this episode launches, you will be in Cancun already, and I will be getting ready to go to Cancun like the next day. I know. It's exciting. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it's here. People are probably like so excited to stop hearing about it, but then also the people are just like excited. We're going to see you like in two days. Totally. But this episode is another one. If you listened last week, you finally heard us come back to a topic we said we'd come back about. And so this is another episode that we said we would come back to. And it has been kind of looming almost in a way because it's an episode that's really important. And we really want you to really important. So please listen to the whole thing (laughs) and and really take it to heart because it is, (laughs) it matters. So Mm -hmm. if you didn't listen or if you haven't been, or if you're not one of those people that listen to every single one of our episodes first, why not? Second, we (laughs) talked about in an episode and I wish I knew which one, but the idea of pausing at the door, and we're going to dive more into that today. It sums up a lot of what we care about here at Bundle Birth, of the changing the culture of obstetrics in general, especially through nursing care. If you're listening to this, you're most likely a nurse of don't write their story, team underwear, how to make changes without like exhausting yourself. You don't have to do Cirque du Soleil in your room to like make the experience the best, like with your Mm -hmm. patients, right? It's not, it's a lot of times it's a lot of interpersonal skills and it's a lot of the way you communicate with your patient and others that makes their experience great. And so Mm -hmm. we're going to expand on what pause at the door means today and how we think this movement could change obstetrics and like a really easy intervention that you can do as a nurse. We take a lot into the room, into labor rooms. We take the busyness of the shift. We take the charge nurse just like gave me this assignment. I wasn't supposed to get the next one. Why do they only have one patient? Why do I have two? I didn't want to do labor today. I wanted to do triage. That doctor just looked at me the wrong way. That delivery went terrible. My other patient is a demise. Why do I have a labor? So much. My family, me and my husband are fighting. My kid was annoying. I don't want to work night shift anymore. I didn't get to sleep so much. So much. Mm -hmm. That hospital pays way more. Why do I still work here? I need to do that interview. (laughs) Right. So much we take into our shifts. Why did I get into nursing in the first place? And then we walk into the room with that energy. And that's not good energy. Like Sarah and I, I feel like Sarah mostly, but me too now are on a journey of like vibrations and like energy. (laughs) And in case you didn't know, um, (laughs) that's a secret. But I'm reading a book called Don't Be Weirded. Very good. But yeah, it's all it, not that woo woo, but it's no, no, it's not woo-woo. that, you know, and like laws of attraction, like there are people you gravitate towards because of their energy. And when mm-hmm. you have a nurse that's like feeling all of that, of course, it's going to come out like your tone of voice is different. Heaviness of your shoulders, of your smile, of your eyes. And so if we could pause at the door 
of every single room we go into, take a second, regulate ourselves. Like we're trying to all teach our toddlers how to do, we Mm -hmm. can make a difference. And so, and even not even just at patients' lives, if you did this before you walked into your house after an awful shift, pause at the door and give yourself a second. And so we're going to explain a little bit. That's kind of the premise. Sarah's going to dive into more detail, but that's kind of the idea of pausing at the door. (laughs) And this has become something that like I think about all the time, especially in a lot of this Cancun prep. It's definitely going to be a theme throughout Cancun. But often when I am reading research or looking at the news or the stats on this and that or hearing birth stories about whatever it is, or the nurse said this to me, I got a DM from somebody last night that does not know me sending me boob pics, like full blown her breast with mastitis in the hospital, desperate for help. And like, I mean, I could sense it through her text and I'm like, where is any sense of compassion and helping this poor person? Like, so I, I, I think about this any and every single time I am prepping anything for bundle birth nurses. And I, I I feel like, again, I've said in the past that I feel like this might be simplifying a lot of our issues, but I do actually think that a lot of our issues have a lot of symptoms, but the core concern, the core need that's not being met, the their underlying issue potentially is very simple. Um, so before I even get into that, I think I agree with everything you say, Justine, that that is exactly how this idea of pausing at the door and this movement of pausing at the door and truly it being a memento. If you've taken our bereavement class or been in mentorship, you know that a memento, and you probably know this already, but we talk about mementos very intentionally, that a memento is something to hold on to of a memory, of a moment, of um, a person in this case but it is a ritual and actually from a brain science perspective that when we add a ritual to a thought process to something we're trying to learn to a new movement in growth in ourselves it actually sticks better and so this is a ritual of actually prior to entering the room that you would pause at the door and lay a hand on the door frame on the door on the door handle that there would be a moment where you go let me take a breather here. And instead of just busting through the door without any intention, instead it's, I'm going to pause right here and I am going to set aside everything that Justine just talked about. And also I think the other huge component that plays into this, that again, seems like simplifying the issue, but for the sake of this episode, um, also choose that no matter who is behind this door, no matter how different they are than me, no matter how much I agree with what their decisions are for their labor and birth, for their partner choice, for their, you know, for their epidural or not, for the way that they talk to people, for um, their trauma response, for the mode of delivery, for whatever it is that their religion, their birth practice. I mean, there's their like the the family dynamics. There's layers and layers and layers of stereotype and bias that lead to how we respond, how we treat, or size is a huge one, their sexual orientation. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on, okay? So no matter who is behind that door, I am choosing that I'm gonna set aside everything going on in my life, all the drama outside, that they deserve the best of me. 
in this moment. Now, is that the best that you could ever potentially present yourself at? No, you're, you're, but, but do they deserve in one of the most vulnerable and important days of their lives for you to be able to reset and go, I'm going to give them my all. I'm going to listen to what they have to say. I'm going to believe them when they tell me things. I'm going to ask really good questions to understand the underlying of like, I don't need to know why, but I'm sure there's that they have a good reason for it. You know, this is, I'm not going to write their story. I'm going to offer all of my education. I'm going to watch for actual signs of decompensation. I'm going to go up the chain of command. I am going to advocate for them hard when they need to. And you may not need to do any of this. It may just be the baby falls out and fine, but I'm going to treat them with kindness. I'm going to learn their name. You decide baseline, what is the best that you can give and what's equal and equitable care. And so this, this intention, again, bigger picture, it does it, does it take away all of our issues? Probably not, but so much of what we do in our lives is without intention. We fly through the day. I know for me, we've talked about this, me and Justine, a ton of these morning routines that like when you start your day with intention and saying, who do I want to be today? How do I want to represent myself? Where am I misaligned? How does my energy feel? How does my like energy levels feel like am i walking in really dragging my feet or am i on cloud nine i came onto this call with justine today like i have all the great news in the world you know and that energy makes a difference you know it's even it's imagine you preparing for a meeting you either walk in prepared and the meeting is non-productive or you walk in prepared and the meeting is productive so you know there's so many different metaphors and parallels that we can pull from it but what we would like to begin here at bundle birth as our change project is another bundle birthism. I know we have a million, but sort of to sum it all up is this movement of pausing at the door where you lay a hand somewhere, you pause, you make that commitment in yourself, and then just be curious, not judgmental. As you walk in that room, when you notice that you are making a judgment or you are writing a story or you are being distracted or annoyed by something that like, is that yours to carry? How much of our suffering do we create for ourselves? Because like their relationship dynamic is awkward. I, I don't need to carry that. Like that's your life. I am here to be the nurse and I will apply myself in the best way, but I'm not going to take it on. I'm not. It's not my responsibility. And so again, we create so much of our own suffering. And I, you can also choose not to do that and not be affected by the fact that the mother-in-law is annoying and not annoying to you. She's respectful to you, but she's annoying to the patient. And now I'm somehow offended by the mother-in-law being annoying to her, her daughter when like, that's how their dynamic is. Like, right. You know? So it's this, again, it's this ritual of pausing and saying, I'm here and I am going to do my best. And, you know, so often, especially when we look at like the racism and healthcare issue, and this, this is where it's coming in for Cancun. There's your little preview is I can't talk about that issue without talking about this idea of pausing at the door that we all carry bias, whether it be for race or whether it be for gender or whether it be for sexual, sexual preference or sexual identity, like we get it. We're not asking you to necessarily get rid of those ways that you were raised and what you've been exposed to up until this point, but we are asking you to give care where you're listening. 
And I think the listening piece, especially when we talk about racism in healthcare, that that is one of the underlying themes that that particularly black birthing people are not being listened to. When they have a concern, I have pain, I think there's more bleeding, I don't feel well, that they're not being listened to. If we take just that as a part, as a piece of this case study, what if we paused at the door and just said, I'm gonna listen, regardless what they look like. We might actually start listening a little better and maybe we could avoid a lot of the statistics that we hear and are not good to hear as somebody who doesn't want that for anybody. So anyway, that's my initial rant on it. What does it mean to you, Justine? I think you're absolutely right in that we create our own suffering about things that just don't involve us or like matter to us. Like they shouldn't. You're right. I didn't even think, I don't think I've really correlated that, especially when it comes to family members or Hmm. partners. How many times do like nurses complain about the support person? It's like, why are you wasting your energy on that? Like the more you complain about it and revolve around, like now I'm talking about a nursing station. Now I'm talking about this. Every time I go in the room, I'm getting more like stories to tell my nurses out there. Like I get it. Like we want to chit chat and like hang out. We're all friends, but like, why about that? Like talk about something uplifting, Mm -hmm. like, right. Negative or like what, what, what a beautiful progress my patients making or like what I've learned about coping with labor by how they're breathing or they have some really cool cultural practice that I've never seen for labor before. Mm-hmm. Let me like learn about this. And has anyone else seen this? I've, it's really neat versus how strange. It's this yeah. judgment that just is, again, it's like this, it's the theme for my personal life of something that like, I don't wanna be that person. This is where I don't write their story. I've said this in previous episodes, like that came from my personal life where like I truly felt like God said to me in a very specific circumstance, don't write their story. And I was like literally hit like in the face where I was like, oh my God, that's it. Yeah. You know, but what if we were just curious about the world? Like what a lighter way to live and curious about our patients. Like maybe they have something to teach you mm-hmm. for your own life, but we miss like how many lessons are we missing by powering through, by not being intentional, by by not slowing, by not regulating, by by judging versus I'm just going to be present with my hands open. I'm going to slow down to pause enough here to give my best and just open my eyes. And it can be a lot lighter in that way. So, you know me, I'm always like, well, how do we do it? Because I'm thinking about my, a nurse on the unit. that's like, okay, I'm going to do it. I am believe what they're saying is right, but the culture on their unit is not this way. And they're like worried, like people are going to like make fun of me because I have my hands on the door or whatever. So what would be your recommendation? I'm even thinking like we originally were like hands like on the side of the door, but even like when you grab the doorknob of the door, like pausing, taking a breath, Mm -hmm. closing your eyes or whatever. And then just understanding, really internalizing this message, take a few Mm -hmm. days, listen to this, reflect on it. What does this mean for you? And once you can describe to them why you're doing it. Like it's, it's just like a, such a simple practice that could like, they could mm-hmm. then be like, oh yeah, that's true. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Getting a few champions to your unit. I don't know. What else would you have to say on that? Well, I think there's power in numbers, right? I think first, well, first, okay, let me go back because I think that you can do this and like, no one really knows 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's the and it's just a pause like where you're there and this doesn't have to be five. We're not, I'm not talking five minutes. I'm talking like 15 seconds, you know, where like yeah. just enough time for you to center yourself. And that once once it becomes a part of your ritual, it may take five seconds. Mm-hmm. But it's rather than power through, it's I'm gonna pause, I'm gonna hold the hold the door door, I'm gonna touch the number. And other people, they may ask you, they may not. You know, they may see it, they may not. And if they do ask you, you just, I I mean, again, there's power in numbers. Like I am testing something out. I heard about this, this movement of pausing at the door. And, um, I want to be a nurse who gives my best to the, to the patient because I believe they deserve Mm -hmm. excellent quality care. And so this is my moment to pause and just choose that I am going to give excellent care that listens to them advocates for them and fill in the blank use your mission statement if you're in mentorship what a great time like you you sort of determine like three qualities that you want to be i want to i want to be kind you know and and that maybe is the challenge from today of like what type of nurse do you want to be if your patient was writing your review and they described you as these three things what would they be you know, and and I think it starts with a baseline of I'm going to apply my brilliant brain, all of the studies that I have, the times that I've spent studying and the books that I've read and my skills and tools to apply to this patient. I'm also going to be exploratory in my learning, recognizing that they may have something to teach me and there might be something I don't know, but what a beautiful opportunity for me to learn and grow by learning from them as it builds out my practice. Think about like this, this for sure is the perfect example. How much have we actually learned from doulas? If you've worked from doulas, I guarantee you've learned something from a doula. And yet the the stigma is like, oh, doula, oh, this and that. But like, whoa, hold on a second. You might have something to learn from a doula. Imagine you might have something to learn from your patient. You might have something to learn from the doctors. Like we are all in constant learning. And so I think a lot of this comes down to ego. It comes down to insecurity. If somebody's going to critique you, it's their own insecurity. And a lot of our ego gets in the way of like, I want to be the best or I want to this and that, or I can't show weakness when that to me is just a cultural shift that humanity needs to work on of knowing like all of us don't know everything. I don't know. I know I act like I know everything. I really don't. I really don't. And I'm figuring it out and I'm externally processing through these episodes or through conversations with people like Justine to be better. I know for a fact that I want to be better and I want to grow in this stuff. And I and I also know that as someone who's grown a lot, who has a very strong growth mindset, that that would never happen unless I was intentional with my learning and my growth and how I apply myself and how I pay attention to my surroundings. Something I learned in my book is that when you're like changing your mindset, your ego is changing and it it does not, doesn't change lightly and it will play a lot of tricks in your mind to go back to what it knows and the systems it knows. Like it's hard to pave those new roads in your brain And so that can stop people from like, say someone's listening to this and they just are naturally negative. Yeah. And they want to start being more positive. It's going to be hard until it's not. Yeah. Yep. And which actually leads me to a study that I read for Cancun that I don't, I posted on the Whova app. So if you've seen like my little experiment on there, but I read a study where they were looking at naturally pessimistic people, like people who, you know, and like they actually, they looked at like, 
geriatric population where it, I know this like the older you get, the more like kind of crotchety you get as well. And so they were looking at naturally (laughs) pessimistic people. And what they did was for six weeks, they had them journal one positive experience every single day. That's it. Just one positive experience. And it could be like, I drank an Olipop, which I am right now that I'm not crazy about, by the way, the root beer is not my favorite flavor, Um, but it's so expensive that I feel like I have to drink it. So I'm like, but I drank this Olipop and like, wow, I'm really, I'm really the positively affected by the fact that like, I recognize that not everybody can afford an Olipop. And so I, and nobody has access to that everywhere. And so yay for me, that's my positive experience, but you have to write it down. You have to like put it into words. They do that for six weeks. At six months, they actually ranked on the low spectrum of a more optimistic person Hmm. by just journaling one positive little baby thing a day. Um, And so these little micro changes can lead to macro impact, but but what did that take? It took the intention of taking 25 seconds to write down your one positive thing every single day. If we want to learn, if we want to be better, if we want to build, if we want to contribute to the change that we talk about in changing the game of obstetrics, it's going to take some intention. It doesn't just like fall in our laps. And this is probably where my hypothesis would be that because there's been such lack of intention, nothing has shifted and things will shift potentially towards the negative because what moves people without intention? Greed their own ego, selfishness, that's our, that's our core. You know, it takes more work to be kind and to be considerate and to be curious, not judgmental. I think about too, even when you're saying that, like, yeah, if we don't, it, people should do that. Like, even I'm like, I should write down six things, like for six weeks, something that was good today. I like to do gratitudes in the morning, but I like the idea of like what, like of the day. So then you can reflect on your day too. Well, and gratitude has the same evidence, by the way. Like this has been widely proven everywhere that gratitude is one of the highest vibrational energies that you can find. And so if you're feeling low, move to gratitude. It's an easy neuroscience hack. So I think that even goes to if you're not, I don't like the word suffering in this sense, but you are down about your job and your unit, writing down what went well today. What mm-hmm. was a good thing? One and positive thing. Be hard. What went well? Um, a fire did not start. <laughs> Sometimes it feels that way. I right? didn't like crash it, a patient. Right? Yep. Yeah. My patients all delivered safely. And then some days you might have like a bunch of things that went well and write them all down. Put that on paper mm-hmm. because that could really change things. So what is our challenge to them now, Sarah? How should we, because we're kind of like beginning the movement now at the end of this episode, you are now on the movement of committing to change the game with us and take like pausing at the door. And so Mm -hmm. we would love to be on this journey with you as you do this. I think that I would love, and we'll post, I have a picture that I'm using for the Cancun presentation of someone pausing at the door. And I think we need to post it the day that this episode comes out and ask you, what's your challenge? Like, what does it mean for you to pause at the door? Because I think too, as we're learning and as you're choosing to do this with us, um, and I and I may not be at the bedside, but I am really trying hard to pause at the door of my life and my experiences and going into Cancun. Like I'm going a week ahead to get everything ready so that I can be in a mental state where I am pausing 
in moments and I am not missing the gifts and the blessings and also being really in tune given the authority and sort of like the the sphere of influence that I have leading out the main sessions every day and really like pouring into all of the people coming but also keep in mind like we about to repurpose some of this stuff so you're gonna get pieces of it um but that that all of us would think about what it means to you to pause at the door what do you need to commit to what's the actual challenge for you what are the three things that you want to employ or represent in your nursing care have those ready and then try it and be consistent um and it's easy to do something new every you know like for a week or whatever but my challenge is that this would be something that you're as committed to clocking in and out in doing um, because you can clock in and out and you can absolutely miss the opportunity to impact someone's life truly and change generations of the world by the care that you deliver. And if you haven't listened to that episode, we have one. So, you know, I think we need to see this as like, this is really serious. And if we look at the stats of our, of how, poor our care is in the United States compared to other other countries um, and the underlying just disparities and it's like disparities feels like a weak word to be honest like the the layers upon layers of issues <laughs> that like all of us could come up with something they'd want to change about the way that we carry ourselves and we do OB and so with that it's like when you think about that this is your commitment to just be a part of doing something and this is our very very simple challenge it's so small compared to some of the other things that we could challenge all of us to do show up in dc and rally for this or you know like write the policy or do the research study like we're not asking you to do that we're starting with something very simple pause at the door commit to giving your best to your patients, listening to them, validating them, and seeing them in their humanity, regardless how they show up in that day, of value to your day, contributing to your life, but also that you can pour into that experience, no matter how challenging they are. Thank you for spending your time with us here in this episode of Happy Hour with Bundle Birth Nurses. If you like what you heard, it helps us both if you subscribe, rate, leave a raving review, and share this episode with a friend. If you want more from us, head to bundlebirthnurses.com or follow us on Instagram or TikTok. Now it's your turn to go and pause at the door. We'll see you next time.